The following is a paid political advertisement. Featuring the perpetually confused, the T-ballin', cemetery crawlin', super fantastic Jack Drastic. Alongside him, Mama's fancy boy, Danny Matthews hyphen Franks. Danny! This is the men seeking tomahawks. The question is, what are we going to do about all of this? Well, I, I didn't know that this uh, whole episode was supported by your political action committee. This is news to me. Should we have discussed this first? Oh, this is uh, it's uh, smoke and mirrors. You know, it's your pack. Yeah, it's behind the scenes. You don't know the. It's dark money. So hey, no. you know, at the time of this recording, we're only a, a short week after local elections did you have any any fun local elections that you uh you were voting on or, or pulling for oh i may or may not have but uh non-disclosure is what we're going to refer to there okay i, I had a i had a door knocker uh one of the the gentlemen running for city council knocked on the door and i recognized his face from several of the uh the billboards or not billboards but whatever you call them street signs around town and he he uh, wanted to tell me about his, you know, his platform, and I talked to him for a minute, and I said, you know, do you, do you have a website? I'll go check that out. No, you know, I don't have a website. I was like, really? It's, you know, pretty quick. Like, you can put up a website pretty quick, and you're running for office, like, in 2022. And I did say, I was like, okay. he's like, I have a Facebook. Okay. So I went and checked out his Facebook. Uh, he lost uh, pretty handedly, and, like, after seeing his Facebook and his lack of website, I'm going to say you deserve it, Tom. Ooh, calling Tom out. Did you now was yeah. he in in alignment with your core political beliefs, Dan, or was he uh, on the other side of the fence? Was he swinging for the bad guys? Yeah, I'll go ahead and admit that I didn't uh, remember a lot of what he said to me while we were at the door having the conversation. That's mm -hmm. why I asked him to go to his website to to read his platform. Uh, but he did throw out when I asked him the platform, the very generic, well, you know, the, the guy in office right now, he just doesn't understand us. He doesn't fight for people like us. Uh, you know, I, I didn't know what that meant, but he was like, uh, you know, the roads need, need, need work and you know, we need to yeah. do stuff about traffic. And I was like, yeah, I bet his platform is all about like keeping the roads bad and keeping traffic bad. That's, that must be what the other guy's going for. That's obviously, obviously that what that's what happened, Dan. So. Well, good deal, man. Your neighborhood is always, always just ripe, rife, rife with uh, controversy and uh, drama. But uh, tonight is not an evening where we are going to discuss Dan's neighborhood. No, because there are recent goings on, Dan. I don't know if you've noticed, if you've heard of these recent goings ons, but uh, it's something that I am super duper excited to talk about. Um, now, this is a sports episode. Buyer beware. Sometimes, you know, this is a, uh, someone referenced us as a magazine show, kind of. Just a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So sometimes you're not going to vibe with us, and that's okay. We still love you. But tonight is definitely very much a sports enthusiast's episode. But if you aren't, if you aren't one, you may be in good company. Because I can't speak for Dan, but I'm something of a weirdo when it comes to sports. I'm a little bit eclectic, a little bit out there. So what you might get this evening isn't your standard sports talk fair. 
we would we would fail at that. But this might be unique enough to keep you listening, non-sports listener. So, Dan, this month marks the beginning of one of my favorite sports seasons, and its unique positioning in the realm of sports got me thinking about uh, some of my favorite sports hypotheticals. So we're going to pull on that thread and see where that leads. But first, we're going to uh, check in with uh, one of our favorite bands. They are uh, supporters of the show, friends of the show. And uh, this is a new song off their upcoming album, Chapter Thieves, available May 20th. This is independent alternative music from Canada. We bring to you Springworks with Pocket Theory right here on Men Seeking Tomahawks.
album chapter thieves that was springworks with pocket theory dan one of our one of our favorite little buddies there they tow floss yeah we can always count on them for some fun stuff and always count on their youtube videos of their songs to be pretty entertaining yeah go to menseekingtomahawks.com and there you will find a neat little visualizer video that they did for that song and uh, while you're watching that employ the strategy that uh, Men Seeking Tomahawks and Springworks does, floss your toes. Just floss your toes, guys. Fellas, that's that's what we have for you. Game changer. Hashtag. Google it. <laughs> I wonder what comes up if you Google that. No, I don't know. <laughs> but moving on to our topic for the program. Dan, everyone likes an underdog. Am I wrong? Am I wrong, Dan? No, I always will turn on sports or turn on the award shows or whatever it is where there's a contest involved. I want the one that nobody thinks has a chance to to be the winner. We had a big underdog story just recently 
as 80 to one long shot, Rich Strike won the Kentucky Derby. Now, I am not a horseman, meaning that I am not an enthusiast for the horse racing, nor <laughs> am I part horse. That's but too bad. It is too bad. Send my regards. However, a lot of folks, Dan, that like me are not horsey enthusiasts seem to be really compelled by this story. I mean, you were seeing uh, many people who first thing they say is I'm not sports fan, but, and then they're posting this video. Everyone, I mean, it transcends sports. Everyone loves that kind of thing. I mean, my favorite part of it was when the horse just attacked all the other horses after winning. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, and, and but it's funny because like that horse didn't know how to behave like a winning horse, right? Like that's almost how I took it was, you know, if you're supposed to win, you're you're this prim and proper horse and you know how to prance around the around the track to get to the winner's circle, but this horse wasn't meant to win. Like he's not used to having all that attention around him on all those all the other horses with cameras surrounding him. No. So we just started biting everyone that was in his in his path. Like, what are you doing here? You know. That's beautiful. That's yeah, be- it was that's awesome. Just, that's just that's just beautiful. Now, much like the underdog story that we see in the Kentucky Derby, there is a professional sports league. That if you like underdog stories, it is nothing but friends. And if you're new to the show, you might not uh, have heard me go on and on about it. But if you've listened to a few episodes, you might have. And so obviously what I'm talking of is independent baseball, Dan. We love, I just, I, this show is for supporting independent. That is, that is what we do. We support the independent musicians. We are former independent wrestlers, mm-hmm. and I love independent baseball. It's something, it's like I found religion late in life. I, I found that I realized that I had so many memories circling around this sport. And as I said, if you are someone who enjoys an underdog story and are looking for something a bit more exotic, than your average dull and I don't want to say failing, but I guess failing major league baseball offerings, then uh, one might turn to your local independent baseball team. Yeah. You know, we've uh, not to repeat content that we've, we've chatted about before, but you know, growing up, most kids were, or most boys I'll say grew up fans of sports of some sort of football or basketball or baseball I grew up a big fan of baseball and watched it, played it, all of those things. And I just like can't even force myself to watch a baseball game anymore. And it's just because it's it doesn't feel like that same that same feeling I got when I played and when I watched it when I was younger and was just so passionate about it. You know, nowadays like you've got advertisements everywhere, right? You you've got like the digital screens in in the in the batters behind the batters. Um, these new stadiums are built, and it's just like the, such such expensive tickets. You can't get those three dollar tickets you used to get when you were younger. Uh, you know, I'm not. We're not going to go on about like the players get paid too much or, or all that, but like just kind of every little, all those little things come together, just make it like not a fun thing to watch anymore. And and 
baseball, I feel like that the most. Like, I still get more enjoyment out of watching the other sports, even though they kind of all have a similar type thing. But yeah, like what, what you're going into and, and what we found with independent baseball, um, it's really just been such a such a kind of refreshing thing to come out of a sport, like I said, that I grew up loving, but had just been turned off so badly recently. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the majors, it seems like the uh, presentation is monopolistic, if that's a word. Like, it just seems like what they've done is say, look, this is the show, right? They call it that. That's what the game is called. The, the, the PlayStation game is called. Like, this is it. Like, if you want to watch baseball, this is your option. It's almost as if it's almost as if they live in a bubble where they don't acknowledge anything outside of their bubble because they want you to think like this is your baseball, right? And that's not it. it, it and and once you start to realize that, once you start to kind of look around and see what else is out there, there is fun baseball to be had at a very reasonable price. And and it just the the overall experience to me is for at least for myself just just I just feel better. I just feel better going to support my local independent team. So what is independent baseball? Independent baseball is professional baseball on a very small scale. I mean, some of it is embarrassingly small. Some of it is respectably small, you know, just modest, I guess you would call it. These are teams that uh, are unaffiliated. That's the, that's the big keyword. This is not a team that is a feeder team for somebody else. Anytime I mention to somebody, my favorite local team, they're like, Oh, who's uh who's that minor league team for? They're not They're They you, like, these guys are not playing in a system. They are underdogs. As I said, all, every one of them, they are college players. They're former MLB guys. Uh, they're former farm league guys. They're foreign born players that come over and they're, they've all got a great story. Every single one of them has got some wild ass story. So all you're looking at is a team of hungry guys trying their best to advance. And a lot of them do. And you as the consumer pay a fraction of a cost to see these very hungry athletes, uh, play a very respectable game of baseball yeah and and you're talking about like the hunger of the athletes and stuff and i think that's one of the things that people enjoy about college athletics versus professional athletics is all of these players are playing because they would like to get to the professional level so when they're at the college level they still feel like there's something to play for right they haven't made it yet they've got something to strive for um, we've talked about relegation in soccer before that that second tier team they want to be on that top tier they have to win they have to play hard they have to win their league to go up so all of those types of things where okay you're not at that top level you haven't made it either as a team or as an individual or both and it just adds to you know you as a fan watching it you know that they know right like so they know that they're still playing for something and you know that they know that and it just even if the play on the field like if you were just to watch it, you know, without knowing that, like, okay, maybe it's the same type of baseball on the field. But when you come into it knowing the situation and kind of knowing what's happening, like, it just adds to your excitement as a fan in addition to, you know, their their efforts on the field. Yeah, absolutely, man. And not only that, but there's an element that I, I like to mention whenever we have this conversation, and it's the missing ladder down in minor league baseball. So way back in the day... 
your superstar athletes or superstar baseball players would work their way up through the farm system and they would spend their careers in the majors. And then after they got to a point of decline in their physical abilities, they would then go back to the, the farm system. Reason being is that they were still a draw, right? Uh, they could teach, they could, they could teach the young and up and coming players. Well, baseball has changed substantially since then. And because of the money and because of every one of those roster spots being so coveted, so to get at bats and, and pitches by young and upcoming players to get them ready as fast as possible to get to the, to the, the big show that doesn't happen anymore. You know, Ted Williams doesn't go play for the, you know, the dirt, the, the, the Durham bulls or anything like that, you know, on the way up he would, but on the way down, he wouldn't anymore. Exactly. However, independent baseball can fill that niche. I, I lived in New Jersey for a couple of years and my team there was the Newark bears, uh, best theme song in independent baseball. Go look it up on YouTube. And I was watching, I was massively depressed when I lived in New Jersey. That sort of happens sometimes in New Jersey. Yep. But I was going to see inexpensive baseball down in Newark. And I was watching guys that I used to watch in the Astrodome as a kid. I was watching Carl Everett and Daryl Ward. And it, it made me, it was, it was awesome. It was so uh, cathartic. And I, I know I've talked about this a few times, but let's be honest, listener, you probably didn't hear me. Okay. So, so that, that's kind of a, a neat thing. Now, what I always like to point out when we talk about independent baseball, what it always comes back to is my f- one of my favorite baseball documentaries. It is the uh, Battered Bastards of Baseball. Now, if you haven't gone to see it, go see it. It's on the, the Netflix, Dan. Have you heard of the Netflix? I have, and I can't share your password anymore, though, so I'm going to have to sign up on my own. I'm sorry, Dan. I apologize. Now, this documentary uh, revolves around a independent baseball team from way back in the 70s called the Portland Mavericks. Now, the Portland Mavericks were, it, it was an entirely different day and age because this was an independent, unaffiliated team. And those were far more prevalent way back when. Uh, and they've, they've been around and prolific for forever. But uh, this this was a time when that was not uncommon. Right now, I feel like there are independent teams, but the the awareness isn't there like it used to be. So this unaffiliated team, Dan, would play affiliates of major league teams, and they would mop the floor with them. They would they would compete until it came to the playoffs, when the Mavericks, as a double A team, had been playing double A guys, but then and beating double A guys. But then once the playoffs came, the affiliated team were able to send triple A guys down. And that's, that's when, (laughs) that's when it all fell apart because there were, there were no reinforcements for the unaffiliated team. Right. It it was, you know, and and that's kind of such a cool bunker mentality too, which to this day still exists, but because, and, and this is why I love that documentary. It's, it's, there's so many crazy things. Kurt Russell's dad was the owner. Kurt Russell was a player. That's only the tip of the iceberg. There's all sorts of other crazy stuff that you got to go look at. But why this stands out to me and why it's so significant is because 
this documentary explains why things are the way they are right now in a lot of ways. And the one that specifically comes to mind that kind of gets me into my hypothetical that I always love playing with is because the Portland Mavericks, an unaffiliated team, were so successful against these Major League affiliate teams, Major League Baseball decided that they would no longer play teams outside of their league. Again, going back to my analogy about the bubble, like Major League Baseball does not really uh, acknowledge teams that aren't within their bubble. And it's funny because most likely, in most circumstances, they would mop the floor with them. <laughs> and that's, that's acceptable to me. I, I am not unrealistic about this. However, every once in a while, they wouldn't. And to me, that's where the hypothetical gets really fun, you know, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Remind me, um, in the in the Portland Mavericks, were players midseason pulled off of those teams like and hired away by these affiliated teams? Or was that not something that happened? Because right now that's something we see all the time in our, you know, our own American League, right? The American League is what our, our hometown Cleburne Railroaders are in. American Association. American Association. Beautiful. Um, what we see often is like the best players, you, you have this awesome pitcher or this hitter that's just cleaning up, and halfway through the season, oh, they've signed a contract with the White Sox and they're headed to the affiliated minor league team of the White Sox. Was that type of thing happening with the, the Portland Mavericks as well? I don't remember. I don't recall many of their players actually getting the call up, but I do remember that most of their, this was an upstart uh, organization. And uh, I do remember that in its entirety, the roster was made of guys that had a chip on their shoulder because they had been cut from an affiliate. So, Which is what we see often with the, the unaffiliated teams like yes. our own Cleburne Railroaders as we see the team made up of, yeah, you've got you know college players who didn't get drafted and didn't you know hook on with an affiliated team, high school players that maybe you know were drafted and, and washed out of the system pretty quick. But we see a lot of players come in, especially like midseason. Um, but even now, you know, we've got a new roster going into the season, and about half that roster you can look at their history of when they maybe even played in the big leagues, but definitely double and triple A. So you've got a lot of chips on the shoulders too. So I think that kind of uh, carries over to even today. Yeah. So, you know, we, we live in an interesting time when it comes to baseball because I, you know, for I think that there is a number of reasons why one wouldn't be fully invested in Major League Baseball at this point. We don't need to go into them. But I think that there is a lot of people that would be better served if they were just aware of what else is out there. As Dan referenced, uh, we are uh, the, the men seeking Tomahawks are super fans of those pesky Cleburne Railroaders. Uh, we, we enjoy that franchise, but as you get into independent baseball, there's so much cool stuff going on out there. It's weird and it's different, and they don't have the same corporate masters that don't allow them to be weird and different. Uh, for instance, reference the, uh, the Portland Pickles. They're awesome. The Savannah Bananas, they're doing amazing stuff out there. So, you know, here's my, you know, I've given you toe flossing. <laughs> now I'm now I'm here. So you can to, trust anything else that comes out of your mouth after that. I don't give I don't give 
uh, recommendations often. But I will say this. Floss your toes with your socks. And go check out. Go, go on Baseball Mapper. Go Google our buddies at Baseball Mapper. And go have a look at what teams, what franchises are around you that you weren't aware of. Because you might have a better time for less money. And uh, that's always a good thing, Dan. Yeah, and that's the fun thing about independent baseball and uh, you know minor league baseball in general, but independent baseball as well, is these teams are for the most part in markets that don't have major league teams. So you know if you're listening from somewhere that's uh, you might consider the middle of nowhere or a town that's not big enough to carry your own major league franchise, uh, there's a good chance that that actually works in your favor when it comes to potentially having a minor league team nearby. Well, and that's a cool thing, Dan, not to correct you too much, but the the affiliated teams have to reside within a certain expanse from the major league team to not eat into some of their profits for that reason <laughs> you know uh but independent baseball doesn't have to play by those rules you know that's why they're considered outlaw leagues and so uh you know sometimes that's the case you know maybe you live in uh BFE and you got to go watch the BFE Dragons but maybe you live in Chicago and you can go watch the Chicago Dogs. So you never know. You never know. Look into it. Tell them Dan sent you. So guys, uh, like we said, the Mavericks of the, uh, the Portland used to play affiliated teams. And so people got to see what major league players versus independent players looked like. I'd like to spend some time delving into that idea. I'd like to look into the concept of the uh the, the the hypothetical of the the best product of a sport going up against something else it's a fun hypothetical is it not is it not dan tis okay whoa dan went all medieval on me so guys coming up next that but first but first we have a little bit of california lo-fi for you oh we've had hi-fi recently but not lo-fi well you know, and we've barely touched our mid-fi. So guys, here it is. This is the artist Oddfo with the track Souls, and it is right here on The Men Seeking Tomahawks.
California Lo-Fi, courtesy of our new friend Oddfo. That was the track Souls. Dan, instant feedback. What say you? New friend, but hopefully uh, a longtime friend because I think we could, uh, like we have with Springworks, made friends friends for, for a long time. Yep. Oddfo, too. So we'll just put him down on the, the long spreadsheet we have of potential kidney donors. I mean, I mean, you better, musical. You better check with check with him on that one first. Musical friends, musical. It's the friends. next step. Okay, guys. So uh, before our musical interlude, I had alluded to the fact that sometimes it's fun to think about sports hypotheticals, and I'd like to spend just a moment doing that because um, the documentary "Battered Bastards of Baseball" shows what happens when an unaffiliated team goes up against an affiliated baseball team. But one of the things that I've thought about is uh, how that translates maybe to other sports. Now, Dan, I already know, is going to argue me on this, but I have the benefit of precedent. You see, because the National Football League is probably the second most popular league on the planet, wouldn't you say? Or in that, in that conversation, at least. Yeah. I mean, I think they say kind of American football is the second most popular sport. So yeah. I guess that would mean kind of after after your your European soccer right. NFL football would be next on the list. Yeah. So the thing that the thing that I've thrown out, we actually did this on our original eighty two. It might have been even the first episode. I don't heck, I don't remember at this point, but something I've thought a long time about is how GD irrelevant the Pro Bowl in the NFL has become. Like when we were kids, it was pretty nifty, right? Because you saw these superstars that you seldom got to see and they were in Hawaii and heck, it just looked like lots of fun. But more and more, that exhibition game is a joke of a joke that no one watches. It doesn't, it, it's just stupid. It's just plain old stupid. So like, it's easy to sit here and say, well, what would you do? And one thing I've thought of that would be really cool is to go outside the box, go outside the bubble, if you will, and consider exploring the idea of the NFL going up against something different, something outside of the NFL. And my thought has been, is there a way that one could get the college game arguably the farm system for the NFL, would one be able to put an NCAA football team together in some capacity and play an NFL team? I know what you're going to do, Dan, and that's okay because we can discuss this. But I will say this, that my real driving force here in this idea is that that idea, an NFL team versus a college team, would draw at least 10 times the viewership, if not 1 million times the viewership of the NFL Pro Bowl. So your argument is not that it would be a competitive game even, but that it would be intriguing enough that it would get eyeballs. Um, I agree with that, and I agree the interest level would be higher. Now my argument would be, I don't know if you've ever seen ratings for the Pro Bowl, but they are surprisingly high i don't know why maybe it's people still kind of riding that high from the super bowl because unlike other sports the nfl 
all-star game is after the season whereas all the other sports it happens mid-season well now um, the the pro and that's 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 recent though and that might even be so yes it is yes no, it is. no so what you're saying it used to happen after okay so okay it used to happen after the super bowl right now it happens the week before the super bowl so that's what it happens it used to happen yeah after oh. the super bowl Gotcha. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then, like the players from the Super Bowl, and this was like in our our era. This would be like when the Cowboys were were relevant and good in the early nineties. They they'd win the Super Bowl, and then the next week they'd fly to Hawaii and they'd play another football game in the Pro Bowl. Now that off week, that bye week between the conference championship games and the Super Bowl, that's when they put the Pro Bowl now, and that's why it still get the, gets the ratings, is because people are like still in the middle of football season right like championship games next week we just had conference games this past week like we're, we're still in the mood um but all the other sports happen mid-season yeah okay um, okay i see what but, you're saying so, so but anyway so what i'm saying is in its current format it gets surprisingly good ratings so i don't know like what you're describing a college whether it's an all-star team or just a college team versus an NFL team of some sort, probably like a bad NFL team that's not in the contention in contention anymore. Um, I think from an intrigue factor, it might get some eyeballs. But again, I think the current one gets eyeballs too, and and I don't know why. But no, you're right. Gar- people like to watch garbage, and there's plenty of re- of examples of that. But there's also people that like to watch good stuff. So I think you could get the people that like to watch the garbage. And then also the jaded people that are like the Pro Bowl's garbage. Okay, question. You're yes. so jaded that you don't watch the Pro Bowl or any other football games the whole season, even though yeah. you know, even though on the surface you're a former football player, you 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 have an appreciation for the sport of some sort. Yeah. So like someone like you would would at least tune in for the out of the curiosity factor for something like this. Yes. They they would get me in on that. They would get me in on that. I definitely think that, again, just like the Kentucky Derby, I think that if you told random NPR enthusiasts that the Alabama Crimson Tide were taking on the, I don't know who's bad now, Oakland? Is Oakland still in the league, Dan? Oakland, uh, no, but the, the Raiders are. <laughs> okay, They've so moved I was to Vegas, close, The right? Vegas Raiders. Close. Okay, so if the Vegas Raiders were taking on uh, the Alabama Crimson Tide, is Alabama still Alabama the Crimson is still. Tide? Okay, good. Crimson side. Okay, good. Good. Man, I'm so educated. Commanders. On they're the now the uh Alabama Commanders. Oh, good. Okay. Perfect. Even better. That's probably better. So, yeah, I would watch that. But I want to I want to say this. You're about to tell me why stupid, but I will say that I have precedent on my side with caveats, right? I would like to turn your attention, Dan, to something I've turned your attention to before. The Chicago College All-Star Game. Now, this was a uh, game played from 1934 to 1976, Dan, in which the NFL champions played an All-Star senior college team. Do I have your attention? So, would Alpheus Wixon have been able to watch... (laughs) Watch the uh, first one of no, these. No, may he rest in peace. More okay, on Alphaeus Wixon at a later time. No, Dan, this would be a, an NFL team versus a college all-star team, which I think is interesting because usually when someone is bashing the brains out of this hypothetical, 
their argument is, well, even the best college team has spares. Every NFL team has the best team, best player from every team. This was all stars versus the Super Bowl champs or whatever the champion thing was called at that point. Now, I want to point this out because this is where my argument is so good. I'm I'm I've I got the best <laughs> argument, Dan, the most luxurious of arguments here <laughs> because in the time that this game was played, this game was played a mess of times, right? From 34 to 76 with a couple of of, of breaks because of NFL strikes. The defending NFL champions won 31 games. The All-Stars won nine. There were two ties. So here's my argument with any of these hypotheticals is that uh, absolutely, if the Atlanta Braves were to, to take on the Portland Pickles, it would be ugly. If the... You know, all-star college team was to take on the L.A. Rams. I got one right. Uh, gold you never won the Super Bowl this year. Good job. That would be uh, a bloodbath also often. But my point is, is that you even if it was a bloodbath, you would still get better ratings with that sort of exhibition game than the crappy exhibition games that we have today. And the, the most important thing, the thing like we all love it again, we all love an underdog story, right? All it takes is one time. That's, that is my driving thought on this whole thing is that yes, 100 times the pro top echelon team is going to win. It doesn't matter because the one time they don't, it's going to be the biggest and best story. It's going to be what happened at the Kentucky Derby this year times one zillion it will be the best thing ever there will be a movie starring mcconaughey and everybody else dan it'll be the best thing ever i guess i can't get over like the fact that it's just so unrealistic that something like that could happen i know that's what hypotheticals are all about but you know i'm thinking back to the from the 30s to the 70s when it actually did happen and it's just such a different game like totally those nfl players were not making very much money the pro uh, game was nowhere near the level that it was today. Some of the best college players didn't go to pros because, like, hey, I can make more money as an architect or, like, go be an engineer and, like, have a real career instead of playing this silly football for another four years at the pro level. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like you said, the one time out of 100 that the college team wins, I I don't think it would be – it would never happen. There, there, It would be the bloodbath. It would be, like, the hypothetical is – fine that like okay hypothetically you get these two teams on the field together but it would be 60 to 0 every time there would never be a a close game let alone a win for the other one um it would be the first time it happened you'd get the ratings you'd get people interested then by about the halfway through the first quarter you'd be you'd be turning it off and there wouldn't be a second year because it would just be such a such a bloodbath so i I appreciate the hypothetical, especially because of the fact that it actually happened before. So it's not even like, you know, whatever, a quarter century ago, it actually happened or a little bit over that. But yeah, it's uh, it's a hypothetical that just doesn't stand the test of time. You're probably right. And it's easy to see because you and I both tuned in to what could be considered a second tier professional football league this year. We both watched... <laughs> uh, some of the showings from uh, Tennessee, if I if I remember correctly. Uh, you're in the right region. <laughs> this would be uh, Birmingham, Alabama, home of the that's, USFL. 
That's what I said, Dan. I said Birmingham, Alabama. You just misunderstood me. But yes, the uh, USFL housed a mess of teams that had city names, even though they were all playing in Alabama, they had city names from all over the country. So you could root for your local team that never has ever been to your city. But yeah, we watched this uh, this professional league, and it was I don't know what would you what would you describe one word? How would you describe this uh, this output? Amateur. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it it is funny because you know when we grew up, we had the the arena football league, and there was about a three or four year period there where arena league was on Saturday nights on NBC, and it was it felt like a big deal. You know, these packed arenas. Um, but there was some. There was like a different appeal. It was just a different type of thing. Whereas the USFL, it's like, oh no, we're gonna do it just like the NFL, except it's all of the players that you know, same rules and everything. But the players aren't good enough, and the stadium is gonna. It's gonna be an eighty thousand seat stadium, but we're only gonna have five hundred people there. Um, yeah. So it it, it was just uh, yeah. It, it's a silly a silly thing, and, and you know, but but I guess those are the closest equivalent to what we have too independent minor league baseball, right? Like that is the parallel. Yeah. Yeah. I I think baseball goes indie far better than almost every sport. I think in, I think soccer might have something to say about that. We've got some, we've got a buddy who's got a pro team, a pro soccer team up North of me that, uh, they're doing a bang up job. But like, I think, I don't think, I don't think, uh, Football can do the same thing just because of the nature of football. I think baseball definitely can. You've got mail. Oh, uh, what was that? Uh, hold on. Let, let me check. Uh, all right. Jack, call this serendipity or, or just call it lazy writing, but I just won an online auction for a cryogenically frozen 1940s football player. Whoa, that is serendipitous and or lazy. Do you know when it's going to be arriving? I do because I selected the delivery so fast the driver has no choice but to pee in a discarded water bottle option. So, hey, there it is, my package. Okay, uh, for those not watching on our super secret live feed, Daniel is wheeling in a refrigerator-sized box, okay? Uh, now he's he's opening it to reveal what appears to be a cig- cigar-shaped metal canister. Oh, hold on. Come on. Packing peanuts flying everywhere. Jesus. He just pulled a lever on the side marked open and... It's you! (laughs) (laughs) Hello, fellas. The name's Joe. Joe Delora Palmer. All-American college quarterback. Do I find myself in the distant future? You do, Joe. You really do. But, but, But what time period are you from? Well, I'm from the good old 1940s. You know, that decade in which our boys gave Hitler a knuckle sandwich. And the mambo dance craze is sweeping through the nation. Let me see how you two swing the mambo. Easy there, Joe. With with all that rug cutting, you might actually cut our rug. Now, did I hear you say you were an all-American college quarterback? You sure did. You fellas are looking at the top field general for Northwest Nova Scotia State Tech. Undoubtedly a household name known as a powerhouse football institution to this day. Uh, uh, yeah, a- absolutely. And, and you know, Joe, we were actually just talking about an exhibition game they used to hold back in your day. 
It featured a team of college all-stars against the NFL champions. Holy mackerel, you lads must be talking about the Donnybrook in old Chicago land. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, apparently you've heard of it. Heard of it? I was the most valuable player of the contest in 1945. We gave those sallies in the professional ranks quite the wallop. Oh, that's fantastic, Joe. I mean, it sounds like you really took it to them. Yeah, I started to feel bad for them milk drinkers when it was all said and done. Uh, we really ran the score up on them. Uh, believe it or not, by the time it was all said and done, the final score was a gaudy 6-7. to seven. <laughs> Oh, I can't even imagine. Uh, Joe, we were just ruminating on whether or not a contest between pro and college football players would work these days, given how much the game has changed and everything. Well, Mulatto, I can say with a great certainty that if me and the boys from good old Northwest Nova Scotia State Tech were to come across the likes of the Cleveland Tigers or the Detroit Tigers or the Brooklyn Tigers, we'd rip them, uh, you know, give them a what for. If they didn't mind their uh, P's and Q's, we might just hang upwards of 100 yards on them. Whoa. Ooh, you might have some struggles competing there, Joe. You see, the current NFL average yards per game is around, uh, I don't know, four or five times that much. 400 yards per game? That can't be right. The US of A must have switched over to the metric or something. Did those dirty commie bastards win WWN3 or something? Hey, oh. <laughs> uh, not as of yet, Joe, but, uh, but as Dan was alluding to, the game is a lot faster now. Oh, no, don't tell me they're allowing folks to compete now of a DACA complexion. Hey, Joe, 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 Joe. <laughs> oh, boy. You know what I'm talking about. Those suntan giggle mugs from the West Coast. They're less hardier oh. than uh, us Midwestern chaps, and therefore one could preponder that they have expanded aptitude for acceleration. Ah, uh, that is not at all what we thought you were implying, <laughs> but crisis averted. If you're just joining us, we're speaking to Joe Delora Palmer, all-star college quarterback from your fighting Northwest Nova Scotia State Tech. It's a mouthful. So, Joe, before you ended up being cryogenically frozen, did you plan on going pro with your football career? Psh, no. The professional game is a joke. The only crackerjacks going to the pro ranks are the Sally's too afraid of an honest day's work on the family farm. That's why they'd always dust them uh, when they played them down in Chicago. I don't know, Joe. I'm not sure your offense would manage well against the fast, complex defenses the pros have today. Welp, if we can't beat them with the old 23 skidoo, then we'll just have to bust the super-duper secret 24 skidoo. <laughs> and even if, in a very unlikely event, that they were not able to march the ball up and down the field, I won't be letting them get anywhere on offense neither on account of the fact that I'm also an All-American linebacker. And believe me, there's nothing football fans love more than a good old low-scoring football game. <laughs> I don't know about that either, Joe. So uh, so you play offense and defense. What sort of hot-blooded American doesn't? I led the conference in tackles and punches for three consecutive years. <laughs> Hold on. Punches? Do you two not even watch football? Yes, punches in football. You got to be tackling, and you got to be punching. You see a cream puff in a different color jersey, you punch him. Other team brings a marching band. You punch him. <laughs> you see the other team's mascot. What do you do? You punch him. Punch him. Yeah. <laughs> punch obviously. Him. It's, you know, I, I haven't seen a rule book in a while, Joe, but I don't think that they allow that in football at, at any level anymore. 
rule book. There's no rule books in football. What do you think this is? Pistol dueling or something? <laughs> it's funny you say that. I'm almost surprised to hear there's no pistol dueling in your version of football. Of course not. I mean, only in the rare event of a tie at the end of regulation, obviously. Uh, obviously. Obviously. Well, uh, if you two fellas are done jabberwacking, uh, I'm off to explore the future. If you could kindly point me in the direction of the store where I can pick up my jetpack, I'm off to see the moon. You know, no need for a store. Uh, You can actually have this extra one over here. It's just laying around collecting dust. What? Really? (laughs) Thanks, Dano. Off we go into the wild blue yonder. Bye, Joe. Joe. Dan, that that was our last jetpack. Oh, shoot. And this is the last bit of this installment of Men Seeking Tomahawks. Be sure to subscribe to the program on your favorite podcast app. Become a tomahawk-seeking person by joining us over on the social. And to hear more from the musicians featured on the program, go to menseekingtomahawks.com. For Dan, I'm Jack. For Jack, I'm Dan. Oh, no, he doesn't know how to fly that thing. Here he comes. 23 Skadoo!